Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. We have three segments for you this week. Kicking things off, myself, Zach Miller, and Zach Kaplan sit down to talk about our games of the year so far for 2013. Uh, after that, Don is joined by Dave and Julia to talk about Mario Luigi Dream Team. And closing out the show, Neil, Alex, Justin, and special guest Patrick McNulty talk all about Shin Megami Tensei 4. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today I'm with Zach Miller. Hi. And Zach Kaplan. Ledger. <laughs> Two Zachs, one podcast segment. Shit's gonna get wild. Uh, I think you guys have been on the same segment before. The Vita segment. Oh, the Vita segment, that's right. So five people heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure they loved it. <laughs> Little Zach on Zach action. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, this segment is not about the Vita. It's about all things great. It's about our picks for the best game so far of 2013. So our game of the half year, I guess, if you will. Um, each of us has, like, three we're really going to talk about. Maybe a couple honorable mentions we won't spend too much time on. Um, this is sort of an extension of the uh, site-wide vote um, that went up last week, I believe. Um... You can find the, the list there. I don't really want to talk about too much of those games because they're probably on our list. So if you're interested in what the aggregate vote was, um, go there and you can find it. I think a lot of people were upset. Um, it's on Twitter and the comments, but it's a list. So, of course, that's going to happen. So let's get the ball rolling. I figure what we'll do to kind of so it's not just one person talking a lot for a long time. We'll, we'll, we'll just go around and we'll each give one, but but this first round through, give your two honorable mentions and, and then talk about like your number three or whatever if you have it ranked that way. Oh. Um, so, Zach Kaplan, why don't we start with you? Well, my first honorable mention was Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate on the 3DS. Now, it's fun because it's like you beat up monsters and you get out <laughs> your anger. Sure. It's on the go, so you can do it like after someone's being a chick. I was gonna say a dick or a jerk, so I said jick. I heard that. A jick to you. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of fun, and the gameplay's pretty good. But I mean, it's a little unplayable without the Circle Pad Pro. But I've been managing. Now, does the game the game support the Circle Pad Pro? Yeah, but okay, but you would just have to play on the original 3DS. Well, so. I have the XL, but I don't feel like ordering. A... The yeah, the huge. Yeah. Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you played the Wii U version? No, I have not. This is actually my first Monster Hunter game. I haven't played yeah. any of the other ones. I, I played the Wii U demo, and everyone, and I hated the demo, and everyone was like, well, that's a really bad demo, so you shouldn't like judge the game off of that. So I've kind of thought like if I found it cheap, I might pick it up, but I, I was going to see like which version you might recommend, but I guess if you haven't played the Wii U version... Um, how does it look on the 3DS? It actually looks pretty good. Um, the 3D is quite impressive. It um, has what you expect from most 3DS games. Well, good ones. It has a lot of depth. Not necessarily yeah. the popping out, but... And then a lot of blood splatters everywhere, even though it's okay. rated T. <laughs> Scott, based on my experience with the Wii game, uh, you shouldn't judge the game based on the first 20 hours. Really? Yeah. It's kind of one of those where it's like as you get further and further into it, that's when like the the meta game or the real game starts to become available to you. Yeah. 
Hmm. Got to grind hardcore before the game actually becomes yeah. fun. That's what I heard, and I just I don't I just don't have that kind of time anymore to spend twenty hours just getting into the real meat of the game. But like I said, if I found it cheap somewhere, I might I might give it a look. Okay, so that was but that was one of your honorable mentions. So so what else did you have? I also had my other honorable mention was Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. Now mm. the interesting thing about this was a couple. Is, you hated this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A couple, I don't know how long ago, I wrote a blog about how stupid it was that they were remaking a Wii game on the 3DS, but then I realized I had never really played the Wii game, <laughs> so then I got it and I still enjoyed it. Yeah. But it's still a stupid remake, but it's it's, it's a good stupid remake. Well, because the, the game is good at, 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 you know, the Wii game was good, so naturally this, this version is going to be good as well. Um, Better, but you 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 were very much against this port. I, I, it must have been shortly after E3 because I think they announced it at E3 last year, or maybe during a Nintendo. No, it was a Nintendo Direct. Nintendo yeah. Direct. And yeah, you were like right away, like I've got this blog saying Nintendo needs to shut down because this is the worst <laughs> idea ever. <laughs> I don't think it was as bad as the Yarn Yoshi vlog someone else did. So yeah, I think that was that Alex's. That was Kalafia. So. Yeah, yeah, he hated that too. But well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you gave it a chance and you're enjoying it. Plus, I, I really, I really like the. I haven't played the 3DS version, but I love the the Wii game. So plus, I like saying Donkey Schlong. So that's pretty good. Yeah. You, what about? Well, I guess Diddy Kong. You could still do Diddy Schlong too. I guess it works both ways. But um, I see Donkey Kong having a Schlong while Diddy Kong has a, I don't know, a peanut. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, anyway, okay. what's uh, what's your number three? My number three was Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon because. Okay. It was. I haven't finished it like most games I play, but it's it's good. I I feel very like, divisive. Yeah, I feel like a lot of games this year. It's like it's good, but nothing has really wowed me except one game, which I'll get to later. But sure. it it's good. That's all I can say about it. You catch ghosts, but it's not in an obnoxious Ghostbusters kind of way. Mario. And you, yeah, and Mario. he does. He doesn't say Mario anymore, but he says other no. stupid crap. He does. He says Luigi stuff for the year of Luigi. Yeah. Which, to me, is just more Mario. It's just green Mario, so... <laughs> it's just yet another Mario game. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it plays completely different, but, I mean, it's it's all got that same style and feel, I guess. Yeah, I would hardly call Luigi's Mansion its own IP. Yeah. It's its own series, but it's not its own franchise necessarily right right um okay cool uh i'll go next to break up the the zach sandwich um i'll be the i'll Yummy. be the meat in the sandwich oh um, yeah vegan you'll be my bread oh yeah i'll be the tofu um so my two honorable mentions are, are both kind of like recent releases so they they could very well end up being close to or you know like high picks for me come end of the year but it just seems too soon to give them the title right now um, my first would be Animal Crossing New Leaf, um, which I'm, like, slowly getting into. It's the first Animal Crossing game that I've, I've really, like, tried to get into and, and is appealing to me in any way. Um, I'm still not, like, crazy into it. Like, I see everyone on Twitter is where people already have, like, mansions and have put in, like, 50, 60, 70 hours and have, like, crazy spreadsheets on how to make the most bells and, like, turn up prices and, 
I don't know. It, it's crazy. People are super into this game, and right now I'm like still trying to build my fountain in my town, my first project. So uh, it'll be a slow burn for me, which is good because I know there's a lot of like holiday stuff and different things that they happen yearly. So I'd hate to like burn through the game now and then be you know only see some sort of like the summertime setting. So I'm excited to take my time with it. Um, we'll see how it goes. And then my second honorable mention is New Super Luigi U, which I think is fantastic. That's not um, a game. It's a game. That's a that's a download it's a level pack. It's an yes. expansion. Yeah, it's an expansion I'm... that happens to be getting a physical release. Yeah, well, I'll call it. And a game. it has Luigi and the word Nintendo on it, so people <laughs> will buy it. So it counts. Um, I just love I love the challenge of it. Um, I love the, the whole structure that it's these very very tiny bite sized levels that are just super super difficult especially as you get further into the game. And I, I don't know, I, I I feel like they did put a lot of love into it, even if sort of the broader elements are generic. Like, the story mode, it follows the exact same beats, but Mario's just, like, basically photoshopped out. Um, like, you get the same little cutscenes and stuff, just Mario's not there. But the actual levels themselves, like, you can tell a, a lot of attention was given to them and a lot of love was put into the game, especially, like, with the hidden... There's hidden Luigis in every level. I don't know if either of you played it, but there's, like, hidden 8-bit Luigis in every single level that you can find. Huh. They don't do anything, but they're just kind of cute. Like, they'll be, like, like you break a block, and then when you break it, there's just a little 8-bit Luigi, like, jumping. Yeah, huh. like, a little picture of him. It's cute, and there's just one in every level. There's just nice little touches. So, um, basically, it coasts right off of nostalgia, like every other game. Sure. Yeah. But it's great. It's great. That's the Wii U. I love it. Um. So, yeah. So, we'll see. I, I'm really enjoying that. Might might make a run later on. Um. Uh, down the year, but it seemed too too new right now to throw it on the list. Uh, my number three game is going to have to be uh, Lego City Undercover for the Wii U. I just I just got this. I haven't I haven't played it yet. Zach, did you review it or nope. no? No, other Zach, little Zach. I know not you. <laughs> oh, it has to be old Zach and other Zach. Yeah, I don't have that kind of authority. I review like Christmas games five months later. Okay, but maybe you, I for some reason I thought I had you affiliated with that game for some reason. Because I, I liked it a lot. Okay, maybe that was it. Um, yeah, just super charming. I, I've been a fan of the the past few Lego um, games dealing with you know like with established IPs. Like I really loved Lego Batman too, as I've talked about numerous times. And the Lego Harry Potter games I thought were a lot of fun. Uh, but so I, I didn't jump into this one right away just because I guess it wasn't tied to an IP. So I just, and I'm not a huge Grand Theft Auto fan and it, to me, it seemed like it was going to riff on a lot of that kind of stuff. But in reality, I mean, it just riffs on like old, like detective movies and crime movies and, and just a million other things too. I mean, it's really great. I, I feel like having no established IP just gave them the ability to just sort of like pick and pull from anything they wanted to. Um, so there's a lot of great references to pop culture all over the place. Um, and the open world stuff works really well. Like, there's been open world elements in the, the past few Lego games. Uh, like, you could go around Gotham City and Batman, and you had the whole Hogwarts castle and Harry Potter, but this is the first time it feels, like, really fleshed out and that there's a, a ton to do, uh, in that environment, like, between missions and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I, I found it, like, genuinely funny throughout and, um, had a good time playing it. So, yeah. That's I'm excited my, uh, about my it. Three. Yeah, give it a shot. And then, uh, so yeah, Zach, big Zach, old Zach, go ahead. Podcasting has changed. <laughs> um, so my first honorable mention is Gunman Clive. Okay. Which I still play today. You can beat it in 20 minutes. Um, 
maybe a half hour. It's an excellent little Mega Man game, and, uh, you know, it animates beautifully, and the music's really good, and and there's plenty of, like, you can play as the three different characters with three different difficulty settings, and there's just a lot there for, it's like a $2 game. I was just going to say, it's super cheap, right? Yeah, and it's really fun. It's And um, uh, John Lindemann described the art style as being like the... Uh, Take on me music video. I don't know if either of you have seen that. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think I like that's it. a good comparison. They're a real fun game. If you guys don't have it, it's two dollars. Yeah, I've been meaning to check it out. I, I, I've got money on my account. I'll probably probably bite the bullet sometime soon. You get or to you fight can... a train, like a transforming train. You could take two dollars and put it in a trash can. That's fun too. So. Wow. It was it was okay. It was shots fired. It yeah, was okay. I would not call it game of the year material, game of the half year material. Neither would I, which is why it's an honorable mention. <laughs> I wouldn't call it honorable mention material. I wouldn't call your face honorable mention material. Yeah, burn. Boom. I have nothing to say to say to that. I really That's don't. Right. Uh, my number two honorable mention is um, Resident Evil Revelations U. Mm. Uh, I really liked it on 3DS, of course, and I really like it on Wii U. Um, I had, did I didn't get into raid mode as much as as on 3DS, even though the online is better. Yeah. Uh, but I should because there's actually a ton of new guns and characters and um, potential loadouts. So it's there's a lot there, and I should get back to it. But it's just a really fun game. It's one of the better Resident Evil games in the last. Since four. <laughs> In the last X number of years <laughs> right. <since> four. <laughs> it's more like four, although it you is. always have an AI partner, which I think is stupid. Um, yeah. Especially considering the caliber of those characters. Well, especially considering the enemies don't pay any attention to them either, yeah. so they're kind of worthless. <laughs> and they don't they don't really do any damage with their no. handguns. <laughs> they shoot like one bullet every five or six seconds. <laughs> What's really uh, worthless is that entire game. Oh. Really, I, I traded in my coffee, oh. and I got like $5, and I thought it was good. You know, I, I do kind of miss the 3D effect, though, because that looked really fantastic on the 3DS. It did, yeah. That's one of the few games where I'd play with it on. I've given up on Resident Evil. I just can't take it anymore. I've tried to force myself to like it because everyone says it's great. Just play 4 again. 4 yeah, is have wonderful. You ever, have, you ever, have you ever played 4? A majority of it before I gave okay. up. It's pretty good, though, right? Oh. You gotta admit, that one was good. Especially on Wii with the motion controls. Yeah, that was the perfect version. I played the PS2. Oh, yeah, that's not the best version. It doesn't look as good. Dual shock, bitches. <laughs> uh, and my number three is, yeah, it's kind of a toss-up, but I'm going to go with uh, Injustice. Mm. Um. Wait, am I going for... No, screw that. I'm going with Spider-Man. Sorry, <laughs> Spider-Man. Anyway, Amazing Spider-Man U, which is a year old. Yeah. Um, but it's I never played it, and it's the Game of the Year version. Uh, so it has a bunch of additional content, which is, frankly, worthless. Um, <laughs> it, it is a fun game, though. Um, it really nails the uh, city exploration that was so great in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. For the GameCube, Xbox, PS2. And... Uh, and the missions are like one of the Arkham games. Um, 
the combat's very similar, and you explore uh, with kind of a spider sense. Um, you can look around the environment and web sling anywhere you want at a moment's notice. It's, it's a fun game, and and even though uh, none of the actors from the movie are in the game, are yeah. in the game, or even look like them. <laughs> um, <laughs> The story is really good, and it ties into the comics well, and it ties into the first movie well. It's like a sequel to the movie, and like, you know, a lot of video games will say, it's a sequel to the movie. Well, this one feels like it could be. Really? Yeah. Um, it's like the aftermath, it's the aftermath of the the, the lizard genetic experiments. It's basically mm. deleted scenes. It is. Yeah, It's an extended true. cut. Yeah. And there's a lot to find in the city. I mean, I lost hours just web swinging around Manhattan. They're a real fun game. It looks hmm. good and you know, I like it. That's why it's my number three. There you go. Hey, you've been kind of high on it. Do you know if it's like, what, what, how much it costs? It's got to be cheap by now, right? I would think so, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to look into that. Yeah. I really love Spider-Man too. Um, or at least I did. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't hold up now. But <laughs> uh, Alright, little Zach, uh, what do you got for number two? Uh, I'm gonna ignore the fact that I keep being called the little Zach, and and then the other I mean, Zach to be is fair, old, no. To be fair, you're you're littler than Zach in like every regard, age, size. Like I mean, hey, I'm pretty heavy, so yeah, but you're like four or five. <laughs> All right, whatever. So my number two was Animal Crossing: New Leaf. Now the ah. fun thing about this game is that it's cute, is and it, the fun thing is it takes up my Twitter feed. Oh, yeah, that's so annoying. It's worse than hockey. <laughs> Amen. No, but it's, it's a good cute. thing Will Wheaton doesn't have Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, you'd be in trouble, Zach. All right, so it's cute, and that's basically, that's the most important thing because that's what holds the entire game together because the, the gameplay is like, it's not, you barely even play the game because it's, the things you do are so minor. Yeah. It's just moving around and digging holes. That's the game. But it's just a, it's a fun game. It just you live a second life. I get to pretend like I have a real life, so that's fun. Yeah. It's it's a life outside of the internet and onto my 3ds. <laughs> so I just have to I get to skip the whole real life part. So that's that's a good. Now the good whole thing. game is more or less a collectathon, right? Like that's the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, I mean, you're you're collecting things in the environment to sell to get bells, and then you're using those to like either pay off project or or buy things for your house or get a bigger house. I mean, it is it is all about like collecting things and paying off things. I feel like but I would get really addicted to this. Probably, it's easy to get addicted to it. Um, but it, it's just really good. Like, it does a good job of like every day you feel like you make a little bit of progress, and no matter no matter what it is you're trying to do. Uh, whether you're trying to improve your town or just you're worried about your house or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Cool. It, it's fun. I might pick it up if, well, it won't drop in price because it's a Nintendo game. But, <laughs> yeah. um, maybe buy it used, I guess. It also feels like the kind of game that would do well on your system. Yeah, I, I have the digital version. Zach, do you have the digital version or did you buy the cartridge? Hell no. Oh, yeah, you're a cartridge guy, right? You yeah. don't do any digital stuff. Yeah. And no, that, no it, that wasn't a racist way of saying a hell no, so. <laughs> That's just how you talk. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't believe in retail digital releases because 
I'm scared when the apocalypse happens, I won't be able to play my games, but maybe I'll have bigger problems, too. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I don't like, to be worried about your fake life. Yeah. You'll be, worried about you'll your be real stuck life. in uh, James Franco's house. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad way to go. Um, I, I did the digital version, which is great, because I, I can just be, like, playing Project X-Zone or any number of other things, and then just, like, pop into Animal Crossing for ten minutes, like... I don't know, go meet someone in their house, like, after I set up an appointment, or just go do something that I wanted to go do real quick, buy a fortune cookie and get, like, a Mario hat, and then after that, I just quit and then go back to the game I was playing, and, I mean, I know you could just easily switch out cartridges, but I, I like having it just on the system. It's appropriate, I think, for a game like this, where you're not playing extended periods of time, you just kind of drop in and out every um, day to do, yeah. to do things, yeah. The first time I played, I went to someone else's town, it was, like, really fun, and we talked for a while, I barely even know this guy, I don't know. I I had talked to him online or something, not in mm. a creepy way, but uh, <laughs> no. But and then the second and third time, I think I accidentally went to the same guy's town who I also didn't really know, and they were like, "Who the hell are you?" And I wasn't greeted very kindly, so I left. The guy himself didn't well, greet you kindly. I don't know. Like the townspeople. They, they they just kind of ignored me. Well, one, one time I went somewhere, and the person wasn't there. They just left it on, so there was nothing to do. Yeah. Steal all those flowers and fruit. Yeah, I was thinking of doing that. But about it. I just took a couple <laughs> yeah. things. Um. All right, so my number two is um, actually a game you already talked about, Little Zach, and that is Luigi's Mansion. Wow. Um, I actually, I, I really adore this game. Um. I think it's just, like, it's just super cute and polished. Like, I, I wasn't expecting, I guess, the amount of sort of just, like, production value that was put into it. But, I mean, even just from little things, like, walking around a, a mansion and then having Luigi, like, hum the, the background music. Um, and, and just his mannerisms and, and everything. I, I think it's really great. Like, they, they did a lot with the character of Luigi. Um, I mean, for him, you know, mostly just being, like, a sniveling coward and everything. I, I think they really kind of, like, flush it out here. And you begin to, like, really... I don't know, like, really like, like Luigi. And I'm not, like, a huge Luigi fan. I don't dislike him, but I felt like playing this game that I, I really, like, appreciated Luigi for the first time. Um, there's just cute little touches. Like, like the animation's really good on, on Luigi, just with the, the stuff he does as he's exploring mansions. I, I love every time he gets a call on his, uh, on his DS. You know, he, like, kind of, like, pats his pockets trying to find it because he couldn't remember where he put it. Um, and then he, like, plucks it out. And, and just, just little touches. And I was I was impressed with just the puzzles and everything. I, they're they're really complex. It's actually a pretty difficult game as you get going on. Um, I mean, it's kind of like a, an old school like adventure game. I mean, you're going through these mansions and you have to find specific items that are hidden in the environment and um, you know just kind of use your wits to to get about and, and catch the ghost or complete any number of objectives. Um, so I yeah I, I was kind of surprised by it and and, and I uh, really enjoyed it. And the multiplayer is great too. Uh, I would rather see, maybe instead of Luigi in a mansion, maybe, like, Yoshi on an island. How about that? I think <laughs> well, that'd be Well, you'll get to cool. see that, like, later this year, probably, or next year. Yeah, but that looks like crap. It does, I know. I've heard what? it's crap. I've heard it's crap, so it must be crap, because other people said it's crap, and I have to go along with what other people I mean, who say. knows? It'll probably play fine, but I think it looks kind of ugly. I haven't seen it, like, in person, though, but even, I think Neil saw it at E3, and he wasn't very impressed by the Well, if Neil it. said so, then it must be true. Well, it is being developed by the remains of Artoon, so that's not a good sign. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll trust Neil to the grave. <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Big Zach, what is your number two? This is a tough one for me. Um... 
I mean, I'd like to do a tie, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it was going to be Project X Zone, but Ooh. I haven't finished that. Sure. And it's starting to get repetitious. Yes. What chapter are you on? 20. Yep, that's around the point where, it, it, like, the whole formula starts to really kick in. They're Plus, just, you, know, you stop unlocking characters, so it's not quite as, like, yeah exciting. You know? They just gave me Mega Man and Zero, but yep. they that's start the just filling the stage with bosses. Yes. And yeah. I could give a crap about that. So, my number two is uh, Mighty Switch Force 2. Ah, I thought that might be on your list somewhere. Yes, I love the first one, of course. I like the second one almost as much. Um, it has uh, some puzzles that are far more frustrating than they should be. Um, extensions of the puzzles in the first game. It's kind of the same game. I mean, she's got a, a hose now instead of a um, gun, but it's really it's, it's, it's kind of the same game. And um, But the animation's better. There's different sprites. All the different um, hooligan sisters you're supposed to rescue are look different and they act differently. And then there's a baby in every stage that you have to rescue and you rescue it by punting it and screaming you're safe (laughs) that's the best part of the game for me that always brought a big smile to my face and uh yeah it's a very fun game if you like the mighty switch force series even if you don't i mean it's fun anyway but you have to you have to play the first one because if you don't the second game is going to be so hard for you okay well, you want to know what happens in the beginning, so... Yeah, you got to know the origin yeah, story. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Speaking of that, start calling me prequel, Zach. Okay. <laughs> Mighty Switch Force 2. All right. Questions? Concerns? No, that sounds good. That was my only question. I haven't played any of them. I didn't know if I should jump to this or, like, check out the uh, the Wii U, like, HD version. Oh, it's so good. Of the first one. Just oh, play Mutant Muds. Yeah, I've been playing Mutant Muds. I downloaded that on the Wii Just U. Just play like that it. some more. Much better than playing it on the 3DS for some reason. I'm not as I'm not as head over heels for that darn game as a lot of people are. I like I'm enjoying it more on the Wii U, but I'm not in love with it. Yeah, like like I I think it's JP or it's like his maybe, game of the like, decade. Yeah, I think it's like the best game since like Mario Three or something. I mean, that's it's crazy. Uh so prequel Zach, I believe we're to your number one then. We saw on my number one. Because I was prequel. Okay, no, now we have to skip you. No, <laughs> no, no Jar Jar references. All right, because it's so relevant. Because it's clearly 1999. All right. Well, my number one is Lego City Undercover. By far, this was ah. what made owning a Wii U for me worth it. Like Nintendo Land was fun. New Super Mario Brothers U was more Mario. Zombie uh, U was fun. So yeah, there was other good games, but Lego City Undercover just really makes it worth owning a Wii U. It's a full gaming experience. Like, it's, I feel like I got my money's worth more than some other games. And um, basically, what I loved most was, it's just, well, it's a whole package because you it has a great, well, it doesn't have a great story, but it has a great sense of humor and great characters. Yeah. My favorite being Frank Honey, which if you yeah. have played the game, he's Frank's, Frank's he's, great. Yeah. He's a honey. He's he's great. <laughs> no, but it, and the gameplay, it's good. I mean, it's not the best gameplay ever. I mean, what is? I don't know. But people say, well, it's just Grand Theft Auto, but with Lego. But I think this is better than Grand Theft Auto because it's it's a lot more fun. Like with Grand Theft Auto, it can be kind of depressing sometimes. It's not necessarily always fun. It's just kind of like trying to be too realistic. 
Yeah. While still being over the top. But this one's fun, because instead of, like, shooting people, you shoot people with a paint gun and they turn purple. No <laughs> Lego game will ever top Lego Island. Oh, yeah. For the PC. Oh, like, yeah. 15 years ago. We had a whole segment on that. We did. I oh, was wow. going to say, I think I was on that segment, yeah. <laughs> you missed you out. And, uh, you and Don had both played Lego Island and were pretty high on it, if I remember correctly, yeah. And it has that awesome song. Oh yeah, I think I, I think I put that in there, the like the theme song, yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um Shut cool. your mouth. <laughs> well yeah, I, I agree. I think like I already said, Undercover is a great game, great sense of humor, and just a lot of heart. Um, That's the only Wii U game I've bought this year. Mm, is that the only one I've well no, I bought no, I bought a few. I bought Injustice and Revelations and got Game and Wario for reviewing it. Um, you know, I, which I regret not having already sold that. It's probably already depreciated in value. So much. <laughs> I probably could have got like 35 bucks if I just got on the Sunday, came out and sold it. But now it's probably like 10. Or you uh, could have just like not even reviewed the game, just shat on a piece of paper, scanned it and then put posted that. And yeah, that would have been good have enough. Might have worked. Um, I'm saying this without playing the game. So send the hate mail to Zach at, Zach at NintendoWorldReport.com. Zach with a K. I was gonna say Zach with a K. <laughs> Don't send uh, it with H because he's a he's a sweet guy. He's a nice guy. He doesn't need. He's to a speak. nice kid. Uh, my number one is Fire Emblem Awakening. There it is. Yes, great, great, great game. Um, I've been a fan of the Fire Emblem games for a long time, and this game just like totally perfects the formula while also making it like the most accessible and like friendly game to newcomers. Um, the story's great. I, I love the touches of designing your own character in the beginning and then also developing relationships, having different characters marry each other and then later recruiting the kids of those marriages, um, through some wonky time travel stuff. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just a really refined game. I mean, it's just great in a lot of different ways. Um, and I think the inclusion of a casual mode is really great for newcomers and makes the game a lot less daunting. Because um, really all you ever hear about Fire Emblem is that it's so difficult. Um, and, you know, the, the the penalty of losing characters forever once they die. And, and this sort of addresses that. It's saying, if you don't want to do that, turn it off. And then just enjoy the game for what it is. And that's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really... <laughs> there's nothing else I can say about it. It's a wonderful, wonderful game. I was I was really surprised by how accessible it is. And just how, how much it's refined the Fire Emblem formula. I think I gave it a 9.5 when I reviewed it. And I stand by that. It's an excellent, excellent game. Hmm. I will never play it. I know. Well, Same I, mean, I don't know. You're in love with Project X. Well, you're not in love with it, but you're enjoying Project <laughs> X Zone. I mean, the combat's not as, like, fighter-ish in Fire Emblem, obviously. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's good-looking in its own ways, but hmm. I don't know. You, you might, you might want to give it a shot. It's a Nintendo game, so it'll never, like, be cheap, but I don't know. Maybe someday. I think you should entertain the thought. I'll consider uh, it. Personally, I've come to realize that I don't have to buy every game that's made by Nintendo. So that's been, it's kind of gone better from my gaming habits. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah no, you definitely don't have to. But That's I, I really why I think... bought a Vita. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you've not many Nintendo games on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think it's worth playing. I really do. I agree you don't have to buy every Nintendo game. Like, don't buy Game & Wario. But... Fire Emblem is excellent. Um, so, Zach, your number one game. My number one game is Runner 2. 
Oh, interesting choice. Which I need to get back to. I need to beat it. Yeah. But now that the patch has, you know, long been out. Yeah. But holy crap, is that game amazing. Yeah, talk about refined. That's like just perfect. It's The, the pacing in that game is perfect. I mean, yes, you get into a zen state of mind with that. Yeah. And uh, it's just, man, I love it. I just, the music is excellent. It's got charming graphics. Uh, I'm so excited about this Good Friends pack that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I love the character designs in this game, and it has Charles Martinet. That's right. As the uh, narrator, so mm-hmm. I mean, I can't beat Patrick on any level. No, he's very good. He's very good, but I can get into the top three on most of them with your friends. With list. my friends yeah. list, so happy about that. That's all I want. Wow, what a game! Great game. Yeah. A lot of fun. I mean, just... And there's a lot to it. I mean, for basically just running forward and jumping over things. I mean, there's there's a lot of hidden things. There's, like, secret levels. Um, there's, there's just a lot to find and to do for a game where you ostensibly just run to the right. Yeah. Um, and you do and, a, um, and you do so many different moves. Right. It's very complex as you keep going. I mean, jumping over enemies, ducking. Um, Sliding. Like, kicking, having, yeah, having to, like, kick. Springing. Rock. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot to it. But um, it's, it's really... Once you get into, like, once it clicks with you when you're sitting on the couch playing it, you can just go for hours. Yep. I never liked the other Bit Trip games, so I'm never going to play those. I didn't, I didn't play the other Bit Trip games. This was my first Bit Trip game. Um, yeah, me too. And I only got it out of peer pressure from, uh, I believe, Everyone you, else. Scott, and Neil. Yeah, probably. Yeah, me, Neil, and Patrick. Yeah, probably, you, Neil, and Patrick. We were like, and well, holy Neil crap. gave it a 10. He gave yeah. it a 10. Yeah. What doesn't Neil but, give a 10? Um <laughs> But it's amazing. Zach, you should seriously, like, if it ever goes on sale, give it a shot, dude. Is there a demo? Well, you, buy, you could, uh, I don't think there's a Wii U demo. There might be on Steam. There's a PC version, which I was going to say, you might be able to, with the Steam sale going on now, you could probably, I bet it'll end up being cheap on oh, yeah. Steam at some point. Um, so, could always go that route, but then you won't get all the friends list stuff, but. I don't have any friends. <laughs> well, you have Wii U friends. I mean, you could compete with those scores. We're all Wii U friends. I guess. I see you pop up. I see Steel, Steel Diver log on. Yep. Then I shake <laughs> my head. <laughs> How excited are you for the free-to-play Steel Diver? <sighs> it's all we need. It's all we need. <laughs> all right. Well, that will do it. Um, in the comments below uh, of this post, why don't you let us know your top game so far of 2013? Um, maybe there's something on here we didn't talk about. Maybe an Ent- Etrian Odyssey 4. Uh, maybe a... Injustice. In, no, you... Oh, no, Injustice wasn't on your list. You're right. Yeah, maybe an Injustice. Probably not. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, Zach and Zach, thank you for being here. As always. Wouldn't be anywhere else right now. <laughs> I literally have nowhere else to be. <laughs> I'm so alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, that will do it. Thanks, guys, for being here, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye! Bye.
right, so this is Dave Mellert, contributing editor for Nintendo World Report, and I'm here with um, Don Koopman, and also my fiance Julia. Say hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about the new Mario and Luigi game, uh, Dream Team. Or Dream Team Brothers, if you're in Europe. Oh, that's right. Different name. You guys probably have better box art, too, right? I think it's pretty much the same box art. Well, that's good. I, sometimes I feel like the uh, European box art's uh, a little better. but um... and Sometimes I think the opposite of North America, but there we are. So it all comes together in the end. The grass is always greener. Um, anyway, so you just recently completed the game and wrote a review. Well, yeah, I, I did it all today because uh, just some context, we're recording it now for me at 3 a.m. in the morning, my time. Um, I, I completed the game at uh, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, took a quick break, and then directly started writing it. And then I was done two hours before the embargo ended. It was edited within an hour, and we got it done just at the nick of time. Awesome. Um... Yeah. So I'm guessing it wasn't as long as Super Star Staga, because I think that one took me about 28 hours to finish. Uh, yeah, I actually was thinking, the day before I was actually thinking, well, this should be around 30 hours, right? I'm already in like the, the final section, and it ended up taking, because there was so much additional stuff in the end, it, 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 it actually ended me taking up 34 hours of my time. Um, but... I'm not even done with the extra stuff. I'm still going back and going to my current save file because I still haven't done all of the extra stuff because I simply didn't have the time. Um, in that context, I could say that I possibly think it will take roughly like 40 hours to see everything. Wow, that's pretty good-sized game. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's more lengthy than the previous ones, actually. Um, I think that I think the the longest the longest of them was like thirty hours in the regular game, or twenty eight in the regular game, and it's like thirty five in the regular game. So that's already like a steep up. Um, yeah. So let's actually let's quickly talk about the previous games for people that might not be too familiar with the series. So the first one was Superstar Saga, and that was of mm-hmm. course on the Game Boy Advance. Um, and then next was Partners in Time, which was on the DS. And then... people, Yeah, uh, a quick little note about Partners in Time. Many people regard it as like, like lesser than the other two. I personally really love Partners in Time, and I don't know why. I think I just like the babies very much. Yeah, me too. I, I really liked um, the, the combat in that game. I liked controlling... Um, all four characters at once. I like the exploration. And the puzzles were extremely clever, having yeah. to throw the babies here and there and and so on. Yeah, just That's definitely switching control between all the characters was a lot of fun. For many people, thought it was, thought it was overcomplicating things, and I actually liked Ford for its complexity, but you can have all winners, pretty much. I, to- I totally agree. Um, yeah, and then Bowser's Inside Story, which uh, I think a lot of people think is probably the best of the first three, at least in terms of um, writing. Uh, yeah. That 
game was absolutely hilarious. Uh, one of the few games that actually made me laugh out loud uh, when playing it. And, um, yeah, just, again, great, great combat, great writing, um, great art. Just, and teaming up Bowser with Mario and Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so going then to Dream Team or Dream Team Borders. I'm just going to stick to Dream Team. That's the better name of the two. I've decided. Um, in Dream Team, it, it, it mostly resembles in some parts Bowser's type story. Um, in comparison to like the other free games in the series, because some of the characters to start out with at that point, some of the characters actually return in this in this new entry. Um, so you have um, is it Block Monsieur, um, who you first meet at uh, now at the island, and he's kind of your guide, guiding you for like the tutorial stuff and what have you, and then. Very shortly thereafter, you come across Starlo, who is back as your helper in the game. Mm-hmm. Just looking back over the, the previous three games, one thing that I really liked was how uh, characters from um, earlier in the series would make uh, reappearances, specifically uh, thinking of Fawful. Um, um, but t- to be honest, um, Fawful is not in this game. Um, but the, the, yeah, the, the thief, I can't remember his name, the thief from, uh, the Beaming Kingdom is back, um, in this one. I can't remember his name. That's very terrible. I'm sorry. Um, but, um, there are a lot of inhabitants from, like, the dude characters and from the Beam, Beam Kingdom, the Beam, the Bean characters who make an appearance in, uh, Dream Team and walk about and also have a, a lovely vacation, just like the inhabitants of the Mushroom Kingdom, because this, this is where the story we actually kind of start, start talking about the story. Uh, so Mario and Luigi and, and the crew and Princess Peach and a whole bunch of Toads are invited to Pillow Island, um, which um, they are invited by this this Doctor Snoozemore. Uh, Dr. Snoozemore is, however, not available on the island, and they get a tour of Michelle Block, who I just introduced, which is this Block-like character. Um, that's another point. There are a lot of, of these characters also across the island who are kind of making sure everybody go, everything goes well on that island, so it's nice to see an expansion of, of that universe as well. Um, so, th- they come on the island, and because... Mr. Dr. Snoozemore isn't there. They go some sightseeing, and Peach finds herself, and Toadsworth find herself already very quickly in trouble and end up in a sort of a cave. Um, and at the end of it, they come across this this stone-like pillow. Um, and what they don't realize is when Luigi sleeps on it, it opens a portal to a dream world. Um, Peach is, however, quickly sucked into this dream world, um, and then the whole story unfolds where they they meet the prince of the pillows, who is called um, Prince Dreambird, and they set off their goals to like rescue all the pillows and save Princess Peach from certain doom. So there's no antagonist like a Bowser or a Fawful. Then is it? It, it sounds uh, like it's more uh, of an exploration. Uh, then well, it, it, there is like this antagonist like. In um, Antasma, who is like like the opposite 
fellow of like the pillows. Uh, Bowser makes an appearance as well, and they eventually team up together. <laughs> minor, minor spoiler, by the way, but um, they um, they team up together and they basically get control over a mystical object called the Dreamstone. And the Dreamstone allows them to make any wish they want. And they, the first wish they have is build a gigantic frigging castle. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Great. So just in, in general, in terms of the writing, how would you put it on par with, for example, Bowser's Inside Story? I think in many regards it's very similar in Bowser's Inside Story. Just like the way how it's written and how the way it's set up. They love their puns, by the way. That's something I uh, like and. the... And the toads just straight up call like Luigi a dude. It's uh, I I enjoy the the writing in the game so very much. So it's um, I always love the humor in these games, and it continues with this one. It's like um, I I don't want to give too much away because the later examples, like uh, the revelations and stuff, make it all so funny and and the payoffs are so hilarious. Um, so I kind of like. Defeating the punchlines is would be so awful of me. Um, um, there was a joke at the beginning, like that it's not that a zeppelin, but a zookeeper plane, and there because these this island is protected by this guy called the zookeeper, and they make the entire puns about this. Um, and like some of the characters are dressed up in this like. Um, Zookeeper outfits like to promote the island and guide people around and stuff. And you, you go, for example, in like these these workmanship's locker rooms, and you see, you see somebody ask, "Hey, can you untie the zipper?" And then he turns around, and says, "Oh God!" So um, you saw this. You saw this, right? Don't tell anybody about this. <laughs> It's 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 just little ghouls and gags, which makes it all much so much funny. Yeah, that, that that's definitely one of the things that I'm really going to be looking forward to is is that humor that's really um, characteristic of the series. Um, but what in terms of gameplay, um, some of the other aspects of the series I think um, that that really define it are the um, the combat and uh, you know the the puzzle solving when you're just uh, exploring the levels. Those are two elements that they have expanded on rapidly in this one. Um, yeah. So, to talk about the battle, for example, uh, you have, of course, the, the regular battles with the, bro- the, with the bros attacks in the, in the regular world when you're walking about. Um, but in the dream worlds, you have also uh, dream battles, which is just Mario with the aura of sleepy Luigi, who who guides you across like the dream worlds. Um, and what happens when you activate a Lu- Luigi-nary attack, is what they're called, um, is you get a whole army of Luigi's who help Mario, uh, guiding these crazy attacks upon these enemies. Um, so a good example is the Luigi-nary hammer. Where you, where Mario holds a hammer in his hands, have to balance it while a whole bunch of Luigi's form like this bigger hammer around him, um, and then at the end he he has to target the enemies and smash them with a whole bunch of damage, like crazy. Um, 
it, it's still all very pretty much timing based um, in some capacity. Um, is there any use of the stylus or like I remember there was like once in I think it was Bowser's Inside Story where you had to blow into into the microphone. So was is there the same diversity of of uh, I guess combat play or ga- the gameplay in that sense? Um, the the main theme there are two two themes to it. There are the buttons presses and then the secondly. There is uh, using the gyroscope in the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, so one of the illusionary attacks is this illusionary ball, um, where you would steer with the gyroscope in the Nintendo 3DS across a path and collect as many Luigi's as, as you can to make the ball bigger. And at the end, you do a tight bottom prompt and um, well defeat those enemies in their tracks. Cool. Um, speaking of the 3DS specific features, um, actually, I was wondering um, how much does uh, the game make use of, like, how, how good is the 3D, basically, 3D effect? Um, but also, are there street pass? Uh, is there a street pass feature for this game? No, there's no st- not a street pass feature or anything like that. It's a straight up RPG adventure, which I'm totally cool with. Um, I guess I can understand why. They didn't include it because it's already such a lengthy game. Um, the 3D, the, the 3D effect. Um, it depends per section in the game. I mean, some of the 3D overworlds. Um, I mean, they look really nice, but the 3D doesn't seem to be too extremely impressive. Um, so, like the overworld stuff and like the 2 D stuff in the dream worlds, doesn't doesn't seem to be too amazing. Uh, but the battle stuff, um, they make very active use of the 3D um, by letting enemies come in from different sides and um, being in the background or you move in over this large landscape and you zoom into the enemy to perform attacks. So they use a lot of 3D depth with those types of effects, but it's not to the extremes. So what about for people like me who get easily seasick with the 3D effect? Like, is the 2D, is it pretty still pretty easy to play without that depth effect? Yeah, and it's still pretty easy to play without the depth effect. It's not total, It's absolutely not required to play it, but it's nice that it's there for the people who want it. Um, another thing of the gameplay I want to talk about, because I just mentioned it, is like in the Dream Worlds... Um, it's not the, the, the big open 3D stuff we have seen in trailers because it's straight up like 2D platforming stuff. Um, with a lot more puzzle elements to them. I mean, there's still battles and enemies to fight, but there are a lot more like platform elements across the board because there are also a lot of abilities where you... So Luigi is on the on the t- on the bottom screen, and there are special Luigi-ary effects which you use in the environment. So, for example, one is where you can change the gravity. So you have to turn uh, the platform around where Luigi is 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 on, and change the entire pulse of where he is in the world and in the environment. Uh, another one is that you playing on his mustache to speed up time or slow down time, which makes jumps easier or you go crazy fast, which you have to do in various smaller challenges. Cool. So um, how then is uh, basically just uh, getting around the game, exploration and finding items? Um, is there a bean equivalent in this game? 
But they're still beans. Uh, you can still collect them by going underground and pulling them up from the ground. So you can still drill down underground in, in some way? And... Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's still a lot of exploration involved with the entirety of the game. Because um, the quest feels more like like smaller goals you have to accomplish at each section. Mm-hmm. Um, which gives it more more room for explanation and you kind of want to do so because there's a, there's a lot of stuff to find especially in like the more like sea town called Wakeport um there are various mini games to play there um there is like there's like challenge stuff where you have to like endlessly do bros attacks um and go for your high score um and there are also like Pretty much good shopping opportunities to get yourself better gear for like the RPG stuff. Um, exploration is also very important with finding like all the pillow characters in the game, uh, because um, of course the prince of the kingdom wants to save all of them, uh, but they are scattered pretty much across the map, so you will have to do a lot of traveling and. Good searching to find all the pillows and go into these smaller, more compact dream worlds and com- destroy the, the nightmare that kind of surrounds them. But what is exploration at any point tedious? Um, I did it more casually. I didn't went too big off the beaten path, uh, but I found it fun to just once in a while just go off the beat bath and see what's in the room next to it because there are some rooms where you would never go except for just pretty much for the extra stuff. Um, and you also have to do some exploration to find um, to co- pretty much collect the bros attacks which was also a thing in Browser Inside Story where you had to collect these these attack blocks, and when you had 10 of them, it would form this new bros attack. That's pretty much the same mechanic that they have implemented here. Um, so you have to do some exploration, but I don't find it too tedious. So it doesn't feel like padding, basically. There's actual purpose to it, and it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's um, Again, it's not it's not a required thing to do as well, but if you want to get the most out of the game, it's, it's more fun if you do it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to be playing the game for 40 hours, they should do a good job of, of making that feel interesting for that entire 40 hours, right? You don't want to end up feeling like you're just running around. That's good. Um, Cool. So let's see. We had some other little questions here. Okay, so um, this being the year of Luigi, of course, and uh, Dream Team being one of the featured games in the year of Luigi, um, was was Luigi shown proper respect? Is he he a great character in this, as he was in, say... uh, Haunted Mansion. Which as in Luigi's Mansion too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's it's he's just as high of a character as he is there. It mean it doesn't have the same charm because both games are inherently different, but he is well presented, I guess. I'm guessing his vacuum doesn't make an appearance. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh that's that that's too bad. <laughs> um Cool. So did you have anything else to add about the game? Anything we should be excited about? We have to wait a whole month over here before we can play. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I still have to say like a couple things. Um, let me talk first about um, like the challenge factor of the game. Because I, I guess that's something that many people want to know about. Um, so what is interesting about um, Mario & Luigi Dream Team is that when you are not good at, at the battles, like you are pretty much a newbie at the game, you have never played a Mario Luigi game before, and you kind of go in fresh, and you're having some trouble problems, you're not grasping like the mechanics very well. Um, the you're not grasping the 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 various elements very well. What what they do then is is that. Um, when you lose a battle completely, so both Mario and Luigi are completely out of health, or just Mario in the Dream World, they give you an option to do it on a more easier setting. Mm-hmm. Is that new? So, to, is that is that new to Dream Team? I don't remember if that was a feature in the previous. That's a, that's a, that's a new thing. Okay. Uh, because it was mentioned in the Iwata Asks interview, kind of to to the chagrin of like Alpha Dream, uh, the developers. They kind of didn't want to include it, but um, to me personally, I think it helps more, like, players are not very good at the game to get more into it. Uh, I I, kind of appreciate that they have put that in there. Is there a penalty Uh, to it, if if you... There's there's no penalty to it. Uh, You still get experience, you still uh, progress to the battle normally, although to a quicker pace, because you kind of get a power boost by doing so. Yeah. Um... But it's it's not inherently bad that you do it. I mean, it's it's still your own choice to kind of go for this fashion. Yeah, you know, I've always felt that um, something like I don't know if you've ever ever played um, what's the name? The world ends with you, where yeah, yeah, where there's a difficulty slider, but there's some risk reward uh, element to it, where you get fewer experience points or. Yeah, there's just a benefit to playing at a higher difficulty, and you can lower it down with a lower difficulty, but you don't, uh, you know, necessarily get all of the coolest stuff in the game. So, I wish that um, Nintendo would do something like like that when they. Um... Well, they have tried it before. Or they have done it in uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh, that's I heard that. I've not played that game actually, but yeah, I'd heard that there was a similar mechanic there. That's correct. Um, for interestingly enough, if you actually complete the game, there's also a hard option that comes available. So, so I have all their bases covered. There's normal for the regular progression, easy if you're not very good um, in the sections, and hard if you actually manage to complete the game. Um, but with easy, easy mode, going back to that, even when you are not very good at, for example, the mini games, after a few times, like the game recognizes this and gives you like a somewhat easier challenge. Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's ad- adaptive then in that way. So it's uh, it's it's more adaptive than the previous games. Um, and another another element that returns from uh, the previous entry, uh, Mario and Luigi, are the the big giant fights um, which they removed like the microphone elements from the Bowser sections and just made it all like tap and swipe based that's good 
<laughs> yeah. And and there are more like interactive elements to it where you have to like actively dodge stuff or push enemies back. And there are some also some interesting facts they do with the environments. Yeah, I I thought that those were probably the most fun battles in Bowser's Inside Story. That's just that. What do you <laughs> think, Julia? Yeah, yeah, I agree. They're just so radically different from the Mario and Luigi gameplay or the baby the baby's gameplay. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And it's interesting that you... So after you completed them, you would think that you would never encounter Gunther then again. But there is an option where you can just play them all over again, uh, which is a boss wash mode, which includes all like all the regular bosses from the game, but also also the gi- these giant bosses. And you can like... Um, there are like remakes that are difficult, more difficult to beat, and it's just fun to... like as an additional extra side stuff like more side stuff for you to do um, and you get some good rewards out of it I think you get like tons of coins and stuff so they're good for that um, let me think if there's anything else that I want to mention um, like in, in the battle systems like badges play a bigger role in like leveling up uh, because you there are ranks again in uh, Dream Team, uh, but at least it gets you nicer rewards if you get to a certain point with leveling up your characters. Um, so, for example, you can now select like special rewards every time you rank up. So you you can, for example, choose to make your jump one hundred twenty five percent more effective, uh, level up quicker, or slice the battle points for all the boss and legendary works attacks in half. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and then there's also like the badges, which also play a bigger role. Um, yeah, than in the previous games because uh, you mix and match them together to uh, create like special effects to, for example, raise your power for a select number of turns or uh, do additional attack without actually using up your turn. And you can like save two of them. Uh, while completing like the f- complete bars of them on the touch screen and use them whenever you like. So w- when you say um, mix and match and, and, and combine them, is it just sort of um, you're able to use multiple separately or you get some synergistic effects if you have... The- yeah, you have, you have synergistic effects because one is held by Luigi, one is held by Mario, and they can have like 32 in their slots. Mm-hmm. So, like, mix and matching them creates some really interesting effects. And, like, the best badges, like, are, like, ridiculously expensive and get, like, some incredible effects. Like, you can get, like, 80%, 80% of your health back. It will bring, like, entire the entire section of your hit points back. Um, you get power for, like, 10 turns. It, it's incredible what you can get at, at the later half of the, of the plot. Well, now that's really interesting, and it reminds me of the Materia system from Final Fantasy VII a little bit. Is it something? Is it like that? Or I, I never played Final Fantasy, no seven, <laughs> uh, because I was a bit too young. Uh, <laughs> um, never too late. The graphics are a little hard to look at these days, but it's a good game. <laughs> but anyway, the, the basic idea is you know you might have something like a fire. Uh, mm. materia or fire badge right and then you would have another one that lets you uh, cast 
any spell that you have combined with it four times, right? So if you hooked up fire to the 4X thing, you'd be able to cast four fire spells and so on. So so is that's kind of how it, it works? A little like that? Or? Yeah, that's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like that, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really interesting to me. I hadn't I hadn't heard that that feature was going to be in there, but that sounds really cool. Um, so the the last thing I kind of want to mention to wrap up my kind of my side of the story is that I adore how much variety is in the game. Um, I started playing, and like every single one and a half hour, I got a new ability or earned like a new perk. That made the game for me like fresh all over again. Um, it's it's such a tightly uh, knit package. Um, and after completing it, I also said it, it, it's the the hard mode, but you can also get like a ju- jukebox mode to listen to all the music in the game. And you can just close your 3ds down, put some put on some headphones, and listen to that soundtrack the entire time you are on the freaking train. And and it's totally worth it because the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. I mean, especially like uh, the Dream Battle music. I have to send you a link afterwards because that music is one of some of the best gaming music I've heard this year. I mean, that's that's good to hear. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't remember the music from the previous games being all that memorable. I mean, it's uh, it's it's the music is done by this. By Yoko Shimomura, who also did the music in like Kingdom Hearts and stuff, and, and it makes for the so such a enjoyable soundtrack. It's um like there's even like a like a Peach Castle remix from Mario sixty four, and it's wonderful. Cool. Um. So uh, one thing, one last because I have to talk a complaint. We talked about so many good things. Um. Except for the 3D effect, uh, which is a bit disappointing. Um, the other thing that is disappointing is that it's a bit slow in the first couple of hours, but it has been a staple since like the first game. Like it introduces so much, and it wants to explain so much in the first like one and a half hour or two hours um, that it's that bit feels like it drags on a bit for too long. Is there any like automatic skipping that you can do? So one thing I really liked about the latest Luigi's Mansion was that you could just like double click start and it would just skip the entire the entire cutscene or you 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 no you can you can't do that. You you can like skip like explanation stuff in here but it doesn't stop the tutorial from happening. Um so it, it's a bit slow burn in the first couple of hours. 3D could have been better, but that's really it. It's a Really a wonderful game. Yeah. What, one thing, I think it was um, Bowser's Inside Story that frustrated me was, um, first of all, the uh, I thought that the game wasn't particularly hard until the very end, and then it got really hard for me. Um, so there was this big difficulty spike. Um, now, I know you said that the game will is, is somewhat adaptive and will give you the option of, of an easy mode, um, yeah, but if you play all the way through on the normal mode, how is the difficulty? Does it spike at, at points, or is it pretty? I, I, feel, I feel it. I feel it's pretty fair. There are some battles where you have to learn some stuff very quick um, and adapt a bit to it. But I don't feel like the game is very unfair. 
I mean, uh, there are places where it becomes kind of tricky, but it, it I find the difficulty curve nice enough. And if you are keeping up with your leveling system and do the right things, it, it will keep you in check most of it. That's good. Um, but what I was going to say before, you know, it's when you when you get to those difficulty spikes, say a hard boss, and then you have to reload and sit through cutscenes. No, you don't have to see the cutscenes. It just begins the battle again. So there's there's no problem with that there. And no grinding. Boss the boss battles reminded me of certain RPG features. There's I I think in all the previous Mario's, there's I pretty much never had to grind to level up to be able to. No. Okay. It, it just happens naturally, I guess. Okay. Yeah, these games are pretty good about that. The pacing, so. Great. Well, I, for one, am really looking forward to the game. I can't wait. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely looking forward to that. And that comes out August 11th. Uh, yeah, August 11th, and next week in Japan. So we are gonna, we had to de- debut, actually, so that's something else. Yeah, that doesn't really happen very often, does it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens where America or Japan equally has like a debut title, we have the first time that we have, I think, a debut title in like a long time. Um, so that's actually was re- actually really exciting. Um, and it also caused like the, rev- the reviews to be, the view-, view system to be completely different because like I've posted like the first English review, I think in Europe because the rest of them live in the UK. So they had to wait like an hour later to, to post the review. <laughs> All right, <laughs> like an hour ahead of the of the other guys. Heck yeah! Okay, so um, anybody who wants to see that review can go check it out at nintendoworldreport.com. dot com. Yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah, yeah. We'll get some good uh, discussions, good excitement going about the game. Um, another month for us, but looking forward to it. That seems like seems like the running theme. I said it in the last connectiv- connectivity podcast about the, about the street pass games, which you guys got today. <laughs> yes, I, I see a lot of tweets about that. I haven't had the yeah. opportunity to check them out, but I mean, we're we're at the same point again, where I say, "From why is Europe all of the sudden getting up on North America?" Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just. Torturing us. I, 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 I mean, maybe maybe Europe uh, Europe was felt really sad about giving us Fire Emblem Awakening on time. We still don't have Brain Training or Brain Age or and even Scribblenauts Unlimited, which is published by Nintendo, isn't still isn't here. Wow, wow! You you might get unmasked before you get unlimited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the joke I was making this week on Twitter, and actually. Um, it was announced today that apparently behind the scenes, Scrimonauts Unlimited is delayed again in Europe. <laughs> Why? Is it just a localization issue? Or? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I guess it, because they have to release it in other languages as well, right? Is yeah. That... The, the, the funny part is that the game is done since February. I mean, people downloaded it through the eShop, but that's a completely different issue. So let's talk about it not here. Uh, but uh, the whole situation in Europe and America comes weirder, and who knows if it will continue in fall. Um, but um, yeah, it it was incredible to play the game. I, I suggest people should really try it out if they have the chance to in Europe. Next week in Japan, 
month from now from North America. The game is wonderful. Just go try it. Um, and I envy Japan for having like a special edition 3DS for the year of Luigi. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's we're missing out on that too. <laughs> well, we're we're missing all out of that, and I and I feel pretty pissed about it because I like Luigi. Yay, me too. <laughs> and boo on region locking, or else we could all have it. True that. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And yeah. Um, yeah, I hope everyone checks out the game and uh, swing by Nintendo World Report for the review and to start some discussion. Because discussion is what we need. That's what we need. All right. It's where the how. It's where the love is. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Bye bye. Bye. segment on Shin Megami Tensei 4. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and with me, we, we've multiplied. It's almost like we got some more demons and fused them all together, if you will. Oh. Um, Justin Baker, who, who just made that oh voice, um, he's back. He, he's fresh off of writing the review for Nintendo World Report. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, NWR editor and contributor, Alex Kolafi, who wrote it, who wrote a review for Zono's Gaming. Yeah, the world famous. How's it going, guys? <laughs> um, and then uh, Patrick McNulty, a uh, special guest who I'm not even quite sure what outlet he wrote the review for. Uh, Wisconsin State Journal's a print newspaper. Oh, cool. So if you're in Wisconsin, are you a Packer fan by any chance? Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't care about sports. Okay, well, you should be a Packer fan. You're in Wisconsin. It's only natural. I'll be in the Green Bay area in about mid-October if you happen to be around the Green Bay area. Uh, somewhere thereabouts. Yeah, it's like, Wisconsin's a big place. I only know, like, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Madison? I live in Madison. Oh, okay, cool. Capital uh, City. Yep, yep. So we're going to talk about uh, Megaten and Shimigami Tensei 4, the 3DS game, coming out July 16th, so probably still a couple days from when this releases. But you'll be able to get it on the eShop or in retail, and if you get it at retail, you, uh, at least in the first run, you get this really sweet pre-order, or not pre-order bonus, just the first run editions of this game come with a, a strategy guide slash art book that covers about the first third or so of the game, along with having a lot of other stuff about side quests and all that junk. You also get a, a music CD that, personally, uh, I could really care less about. Yeah, I always love the Atlas music CDs, so I pulled it out and I didn't even look at the art book, and I just put it in my computer and then get really disappointed. Yeah, because it was it was funny because uh, when I got this, I, I realized that I had the Echerine Odyssey, uh, the CD for that as well, and I had never listened to that one. So I put them both in and ripped them to my computer, 
and spent a lot of time listening to Adrian Odyssey 4, basically just put on Megaton, and then like, oh, that was it, it's done. I don't remember anything about that. Yeah, it's only like eight tracks, right? Yeah. And then it's like seven from the game, and then one special organ uh, yeah. song, I think. Which I think was like the best song on it, because all the other ones are really like, yeah, atmospheric, which it's really good in the game. Like, I, I like the sound design in the game a whole lot, but... Outside of the game, it doesn't hold up. Like, Etrian Odyssey 4 is by the dude who did the Actraiser music. So, that that music's fucking awesome. But Megaton 4, not as much. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it does not come with the one thing it should come with, which is a, a detailed world map. Yes. Yes, that so, is true. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, it's kind of funny, because even in the guide, there are... I mean, I... I I, I used the guide a lot more in the beginning, also just kind of to, like, see, like, how the guide was and how it was written and stuff, because I, I, I haven't really used strategy guides in a long-ass time, so this was this was a somewhat, I guess, new recurrence for me. And I used it a little bit, and there are moments where it's just like, go here! And I'm like, where the fuck is here? <laughs> like, this isn't helpful, guide, you're just confusing me more. I think the, uh, the problem with including a world map, though, because I 100% agree... When I was looking at the strategy guide and I needed to find where a bookstore was, they oh, gave yeah. me absolutely no direction. It yeah, only said, said, go to the bookstore. The infamous bookstore. The, the funny thing is that I stumbled upon that accidentally when I got to that point. Because, uh, well, I guess I guess we will uh, give the warning now. We're not going to go, like, full-on deep spoilers, but we're, well, three of us have beaten the game. I have not. I'm about probably halfway through. Um, maybe, like, maybe, like. First few hours, spoilers, yeah. mild spoilers. Yeah, or mild spoilers hours. about a random quest, you know, about right. a third of the way through the game. That you will hate unless you have game facts. So. No, because what happened with me is I was just exploring the area and, like, fighting demon domains. And then it was just like, you're at the bookstore, there's the Black Samurai. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, wow, this is kind of cool. Yeah. But see, I think the, uh, what I was saying was the issue with including a world map is that this game is a little different than other games in which the world map, especially when the world map changes, can be kind of a spoiler, especially if you include it as just, like, a separate pack-in. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Because, I mean, it is... I wouldn't call it that much of a spoiler about what happens after, like, the first, like, I don't know, two, three hours, about how you go from this, this you know, kind of, like, quaint, typical fantasy medieval setting, and then you go into this dystopian Tokyo setting. That, I mean, I think it's really well executed, where you just, like, go deeper into the, the Naraku, and you just find a gun. Right. Yeah. And you're just kind of yeah. like, what the hell is this? Wait a minute. And then you're like, that's Tokyo, wow. I remember seeing that in every press release about the game. So I knew this was going to happen, but it's still kind of cool. Yeah, from the get-go, I assumed they were kind of do, going to do what they did in, um, which one, uh, Persona 2, was it? Where you just kind of entered the same dungeon over and over? Yeah, or I think, yeah, that was Persona I think Persona 3. 3 also. At least Persona 3. Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, well, I guess they're just going to kind of follow that same structure, and then they just totally did not after a couple hours. Yeah. I don't think they'd ever do that again, because that's everyone's big complaint with Persona 3, and that was the game they released three different times in North America. <laughs> uh, so... People are kind of sick of that structure. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, uh, the the package that you get if you buy it physically is pretty sharp. Um, it's kind of like I, I wouldn't say it's quite DVD height and size. I mean, it's definitely a little wider because it includes both. Like it's it's the width of the the book, which is a little smaller, and the 3DS case. Um, but it's a nice package, a nice slipcover. 
but unfortunately, uh, the seating included is kind of shitty. And the guide, I mean, the guide goes through about a third of the game. The guide looks really nice, and it's done by it's done by Prima or Prima or however the hell you say it. Um, what does the art on the physical cartridge look like? Huh. Um, I'm trying. I think it just says like Shin Megami Tensei Four. Yeah, it's so solid cool. black and just has the logo. Yeah, oh, really. Okay, I was I was curious because I know like a was it a Fire Emblem had like cute little. Yep. Uh, pixel art guys on it so i'm always interested in i buy mostly digital so i'm always interested in the physical cartridge sticker that was my reasoning for almost getting fire emblem in uh in (laughs) cartridge form although no matter what if you got a version of fire emblem uh, and registered it with club nintendo you don't have to complete the survey as i found out after i contacted club nintendo support and you also get shimigami tensei 4 then you get 30 dollars eShop credit from nintendo which is effectively if you bought both games at full price, forty and fifty dollars, you get thirty bucks back. So a third off the price, which is crazy. So can I say something about that? So I um was talking to Atlas on the phone the day before that was announced. Yeah. Uh he just brought it up and was like, Hey, quick NDA, don't talk about this until tomorrow uh noon year time, but blah 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 blah. And he actually, within a minute and a half, had explained it where I had no questions. And then they put it out on the internet and everyone had all these questions because yeah. they were, like, vague. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I, I mean, I, I assume you talked with uh, with John Harden of Atlas, who's, who's doing their PR now. Yeah, because I sent him an email after it came out and just had, like, a couple quick questions. And he just answered them all really concisely. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. It was like, I was just on Twitter, like, answering people's questions at that <laughs> point. Because I'm, I'm just like, what? How did that happen? How did that condition happen? They, there was such a clear corporate message, and now there's not. <laughs> I think a lot of the confusion grew out of the fact that, bec- I mean, it's cool that you can either have physical or you can have digital, but normally with promotions like this, they're not that good about it. You know, yeah. I think I think the promotion was so good that everyone was like, no, 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 surely not. Yep. Surely there's something yeah, going on Yeah, when the rumor here. first came out, when it appeared on the eShop, people were just like, oh, it's probably going to suck. Yeah, so I think a lot of the confusion grew from the fact that it's a really good promotion that has been executed really well. Yep, and I feel like part of it is, at least maybe Atlas pushed for it more, because the fact that the game is $50. Um, yes. Where at first, when they announced the $50 price, uh, physically, it makes sense, because you are getting a guide. And, like, you know, that's a sizable bonus to add $10 to the price. But it's also $50 digitally as well, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of crazy, but... If you are participating in this deal, then to me that kind of negates the the worry about the price. So Alex yeah. and Justin, you've both yeah. beaten the game too. Yeah. Yep. Um. So I guess now I can touch it. I was going to ask it at the very end. Um. So now you've beaten the game. Do you think there's enough content to justify a fifty dollar price by itself? Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. I, I feel uh, like forty hours was is yeah. Because I know I know uh, like that's. <laughs> Patrick, you you put in over sixty hours in it, right? Yeah, a uh, well over. Okay, so Alex and Justin, how many hours did you put into the game to complete 42. it? Forty-two. Yeah, I was around forty. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like, I, I didn't. I mean, I was trying to get through it, so I skipped the majority of the side quest stuff. I mean, I feel like forty hours is a very quick playthrough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I had no problems racking up that time i had to cut myself off at some point so i'm like i'm not gonna hit the deadline yeah 
It's like, yeah, I am yeah. aware that I am right before the ending. However, there's so much I could be doing. Yeah, I'm about to get to one of those points where I just ignore the, the main quest and then uh and then go off and do a bunch of side quests. Because I'm kind of, I'm leisurely going through it. I think I'm sitting like low 20s um, right now. But I think probably, at least the pace that I'm going, I think I'd probably finish it at like 45, 50 hours. I think the other thing that justifies the $50 a little too is that it's, I think, the fact that we're holding this podcast, we can all agree that it's a really great, uh, really huge RPG. But the other thing is that we're also getting it, like, within two months of the Japanese release. Oh, which is so great. I love this precedence that's being set forward with Nintendo and Atlas both. Yeah, I couldn't believe that, because I literally, oh, like, they they had, like, put out, I think, a release window, was it? And I have a Japanese 3DS, and so I was like, I'm going to import this, and then I'm going to play it again, because I'm that kind of person. And then that was basically like, no, here's the release date. There's no point in getting it early now. I'm like, well, yeah, I can wait a month and a half, less for the review copy, but (laughs) I can wait a short amount of time and just play it in my native tongue. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing with uh, the Etrian Odyssey, uh, the, the remake that's coming out later this year, is that... I remember at E3, uh, the guy who wrote the preview, who that, that went up a little belated. I think it went up earlier this week. Uh, I was talking to him about the game, and they're like, "Yeah, it's they, Atlas said that it's coming out this summer." I'm like, "You mean fall, right?" And no, they said summer. <laughs> means summer I'm like, 2014, I'm like, that, right? Yeah, like like that game literally just came out in Japan like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> like I couldn't I couldn't believe it. There's only like yeah, there's like a two month gap. Now, do we know who did the localization on it? Uh, it's Atlas. Uh, they this have is their in-house. Yeah, um, one okay. of the guys actually who uh, who uh, writes for Nintendo Force. Uh, he's also over at Nintendo Joe, Evan Campbell. He, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. he was a localizer over at Atlas for a couple months when he lived out in L.A. Um, so they oh. they have a lot of people in-house. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was it was a really good localization. I mean, I I I think I saw two really minor grammatical errors throughout the entire thing. Yeah. So I was definitely really excited about that. It's definitely better than some of Capcom's latest yeah. blunders. <laughs> for for listeners the who are more familiar with Shin Megami Tensei, the localization is exactly what you'd expect if you've played even like the old Persona games, like two. It's every like all of the demons have their own individual personalities that are brought through in English so well, and oh, I, I love I love the the demon conversations. But mm-hmm. before we get there, I know Patrick, you have a long history with with the Mega Ten franchise since How the very long? first game. Really? So you did you like import the first game, or um, I stumbled across someone in my neighborhood who had. Wow. <laughs> so, like, what, what about was this? Oh dear. Um, I want to say it was in '93. Damn. Yeah, because I've been I've been working on a little bit of like a, a Shimagami Tensei history, and I think the first one came out on Famicom in the late uh, late '80s. Yeah, um, but they're just like, "Hey, man, Japanese." Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to brute force learn Japanese is try to play those old games that have really never been localized. Or I, I mean, there might be some fan training. Like, the Wii like, U eShop in Japan, it makes me jealous. Yeah, didn't they release like the first several of them on the eShop well, in Japan? Yeah. The Wii U eShop is now out. It's now out for the Wii U one. Yeah. But, which I would rather have for a lengthy game like that because off TV play. Hell yes. But, uh, no. I have... I am that sucker that owns all three copies of Persona 3 and 
played all of them as much as he, they, he could. Um, <laughs> I have Persona 4, Persona 4 Arena, both volumes Persona 4 The Animation, and Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> I have... I'm just looking around in my room. I have a lot of Shimmer Tensei stuff. My favorite uh, game before on 3DS is Shimmer Tensei uh, Devil Survivor Overclocked. Did you like Soul Hackers? Soul Hackers didn't hold up as well, but it's still yeah, it's yeah, still solid. Cool. It's it's not a bad game. It's just that like playing that game on 3DS was like okay. So this is yeah. I remember what RPGs were like in 1995 or whenever it came out. 97. Do you have Jack Bros? That I do not. Oh, I need to get Jack Bros. That's the virtual console game. I think it was actually the first Mega Ten game to come out in North America. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're right on that one. Yeah, which is weird that a Virtual Boy game, a spinoff of the series nonetheless, but that's also because there were 12 Virtual Boy games made, period. They had to bring stuff over. And still, a bunch of them did not make the uh, the, the weird Lovecraft first-person uh, dungeon-crawling RPG did not come out in North America. Yeah. Um, I wonder why. But let's move on to actually talking about the game. Um, or I guess, Alex, your background with the Mega Ten series. Very quick, thankfully. Uh, Persona 3, last year on my Vita, very good game. Persona 4, the Golden, last year on my Vita, one of the finest RPGs I've ever played. And Persona 4 Arena on PlayStation 3. And then Shin Megami Tensei 4. So you're basically, you're, you're like, uh, you're probably, you know, on the, on the kind of rookie level, at least, you know, you've only really been aware of the series for like a year now. Uh, to the point where I've had my hands on it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, my first experience with it was I, I played, I, someone, uh, I worked at a GameStop for two months in college because I was stupid, but then someone yeah. there was telling me about Persona 3, and someone traded in a used copy of Persona 3 Fez, so I bought it and then played the crap out of it over a two-week period and got very, very deep into that game. Yeah, I, Persona 3 Fez, oh, I would just say call it Fez because it stands for festival or FES or however the hell you... Yeah, I always called it Fez. Um, it's, it completely, like, made the first one obsolete with yeah. first Persona 3. And then Persona 3 Portable came out missing the in new content in FES, the new, like, story, but adding in an alternate way to play it. So now there's no correct version of that game. <laughs> Thanks, Atlas. Alright, so let's talk about Shin Megami Tensei 4 now, now that we've gotten the introductions and talked about all the periphery stuff. Um, I guess at first, uh, how do we feel in general about the combat system in the game? Yeah, pretty tight. Awesome. Yeah. I guess no one has complaints. I mean, it's the press turn system, which was introduced in Nocturne, and, and Patrick, you would probably be able to correct me um, in what other games it's been used in since, but... I feel that, I mean, just the way this is, it's it's fine, fine turn-based battling. Because you do have the whole thing of trying to play the elemental weaknesses and you get extra attacks. Um, I find the auto-battling is super smart whenever you kind of want to breeze through slightly easier enemies. Yeah, variations on it were in the Devil Survivor games. Uh, there's no talking to demons in, that, in those games. Um, but, and everything was on a, a strategy grid, like Fire Emblem which I hope is how Fire Emblem uh, Cross Shimigami works, but the in-battle battle system is effectively the same. Yeah. So if you don't have, can't get enough of that, 
you know, there's always another one on 3DS, another one coming out very soon on 3DS. Yep, yep. And then, uh, yeah, because Devil of Survivor, there was the Overclocked game that came out uh, the summer that the 3DS debuted in 2011. And then, like, a couple months later, Devil Survivor 2 came out on DS yep. because thanks, Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's there's another Devil Survivor game coming out on 3DS, right? Yeah, it's coming out in September in Japan, and I was going to import it, and then it said it was going to be, like, $85. I'm like, nope. <laughs> All right, so yeah, if, you, if you're interested in this combat uh, when you do play this game, then there's there's more to, more like it. Um, as far as how it stacks up, kind of historically against other turn-based battle systems that we've experienced, is there anything like like what would you consider this to be, you know, better or worse than as far as like you know Chrono Triggers and Final Fantasy games with active time battle? I would say that um, I guess this is probably the most base level comparison I could make. But I would say that I don't like using the word mature with video games, but maybe a slightly more complex take on Pokemon. Yeah. In no, the I mean, sense where it's it completely plays off weaknesses, where in Pokemon you do double damage if you hit an enemy's weakness, elemental, where in this game you get an extra turn if you hit an enemy's weakness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know that a lot of the, the words with uh, Pokemon is that they kind of took some ideas from the Mega Ten games and made them more kid-friendly. Yeah, I, I see a lot of parallels with Pokemon as well. I mean, I think uh, a lot of it is, it's a, like every battle is peaks and valleys, and I, I experience the same thing when I play Pokemon, is you either have figured out the weaknesses and you're dominating, or you have not yet, and you're pretty much getting the crap kicked out of you. Yeah, so, I always yeah. hate that moment when I'm at a boss and I'm like trying the different elements, uh-huh. and then I do one and he's just like reflect. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, crap! I just made everything worse. That's why it's good to save anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one good thing about this game is that you can save anywhere. You can load up saves. There are two save slots. Um, so I mean, you just have a lot of options into how you kind of work with the difficulty and especially with you know normal mode and then easy mode and how if you do die you can basically respawn exactly where you were yeah that's a really funny thing actually because um in most in actually i think every shin megami tensai game like even in the whole broad spectrum up to this point if you've died um you just get a message about how you failed to make an effect on the world and how everything has been completely ruined in like existence because you lost that one battle and then it sends you back to the title screen in this game you go to the river Styx, and sharon sharon uh is basically complaining about how much work he has to do and says it's easier we can just skip the paperwork if i can just revive you <laughs> back exactly where you were so you gotta pay in maka or you can play pay and play coins, and I fucked up at the first time and hit play coins. Mm, I did too. Yeah, and he said, "Okay, there'll be twenty four play coins, please." <laughs> wow, I've gotten it. I I've, I basically exclusively do play coins, and the highest I got was like eight. I got nine on my highest. Yeah, I yeah. stared at that, and it literally asked for twenty four play coins in one go. It was my like, first time, dude. That is twelve puzzle pieces. Yeah, and so I stared at that. And I tried to go back and said, no, 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 I'll pay in Maka. And you couldn't do that at that point. Once you had said play coins and he revealed the price, it was you pay or you go to the title screen. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know what? Screw it. It's a Mega Ten game. I'll go to the 
Yeah, my favorite <laughs> thing about him when it is is because a lot of times I would save knowing I'm going into a battle that I I may die at. You know, whenever it's a really hard boss or whatever, so I'll just deny him and and load and keep my play coins and my maka. But yeah. I love it whenever you say no, no, no. I'll wait here, and he's like, no, seriously, I I I just need nine play coins. To give just give it to me, please. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And he's like, all right, fine. It's gonna take forever, but you whatever. Know what really suck. If you are just like, fine, I'll give you the 24 play coins, and then like you forget to save, and then you just lose the 24 play coins. That would just be tragic. I thought about that. Again, that was the beginning of the game, so I didn't have anything to lose, really. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on from the combat, a uh, big part of the whole game is the demon negotiation, and later the fusion of it when you have more demons. Um, I guess uh, we've probably, at least some of us have experienced this before, some of us have not. Um, how do you... Yeah, I mean, Fuse is very important. It was actually, I don't know if it was an interview that I read online or if it was actually in, no, I think it was online, where the developers of the game just basically were like, don't get attached to the demons, mm -hmm. just Fuse them. That was my downfall. I always got attached, and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to Fuse me, so cool, and then I would yeah. finally give in and do it. He's a badass dragon, <laughs> or like, he's dumb. It's like, he's a talking tree. Yeah, like, and it's like, oh, you got to Fuse your coolest character into a little kid with a stick that has an ugly face. You're like, oh, yeah, but his fun. stats are way better, <laughs> and he has a nice resistance. Yeah, because what I like, what I do with Pokemon, what I sometimes get caught up in at the beginning of the streaming you know, on Tensei games, is I'll come, I'll find a party that works and kicks so much ass, and I'll never want to change mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then, I'll, and I'll have like someone that has like Dia and Zon and Zeo, which are healing and uh, force and lightning. And then I'll have someone else who will have, like, Agi and Bufu, which are, like, fire and ice. And I'll have, like, every element on the team. And I'll be like, I'm going to kick so much ass. And then I just wander around the menu. I'm like, fusion. And I'll, it's like, I remember this. And I'll go <laughs> in and fuse everything. I'll, like, I'll leave no demon unturned. And then suddenly it's like, not only do I have every attack still, and not only can I summon all the ones I jet, like, using the compendium, all those I just got rid of, but suddenly, I kick even more ass. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that they really hammer it in, that if you actually do do fusion, you can basically craft, like, the perfect demon. Mm -hmm. Like, I love, when I have two that I really like, and then I kind of have the opportunity where I'm like, oh, if I fuse these two together, like, they'll grow, like, four levels, and I can merge their really freaking awesome powers, and then when they level up, then I'll be able to teach my avatar those awesome powers. Yes, which not every game lets you do, so I'm very grateful this one did. Yeah. Is the Demon Whisper thing, was that in any prior games? Um, sort of. Other, every game handles it differently. Like, for example, I'm going to keep talking about the Devil Survivor games, because those are out on 3DS and DS. I'll be completely honest, from hearing you talk about these, I think I might track down the 3DS one. It's so worth it. I'm actually so mad it's not available in the eShop, but I think Amazon still has it. Yeah, last I checked, it wasn't bad on Amazon, last I checked. Yeah, I'll check Ebays and GameStops, and I think I have a discount thing for the GameStop. It is everything I love about Fire Emblem with everything I love about SMT4, basically. Yeah, I think I might have to check that game out, at least put it in the backlog. Yeah, but uh, what they do is at the beginning of every um, battle, you can um, select something to, an uh, ability that the enemy has to, quote, crack, and basically... Let's say you are player character or you are a hero, whatever you name your character, and this enemy over on the other end of the battlefield knows Bufu, and you kind of want to know Bufu, and you don't like that one. So you're going to go over 
um, by the end of the battle, your hero character needs to be the one that beats that um, enemy, that specific enemy, and then you can replace something you have with Bufu. But this one is so much simpler, especially because you can um, use app points to add spaces for how many skills you have. Yeah. No, I mean, I like the app points because there is a lot of risk-reward because you have so many different, like, you know, additions you can make, and you really do have a kind of a, not a finite amount of app points, but, like, because you accrue them as you level up, it's, like, it takes a while to kind of build it up. I had a lot of moments where I'd, like, I would rack up 50 app points and just stare at the menu and be like, well, do I want to do that? Or I could do these two things. Or, I mean, maybe I'll just boost the summon level up. Yeah, for beginners, especially people in their first time, I would recommend going all out at the beginning, the very beginning of the game, on the um, ones that help you communicate with demons better. Yes, yeah. that's what I did. I went, I went scout, and then the the scout rewards is yep. those ones are really great. Like they're really great yeah. early on for helping you uh, boost up maka and items and, and things like that. Especially yeah. because every demon will ask you for a lifestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so many lifestones. <laughs> So you need to stock up on life stones because every every demon yeah. you try in court is going to say, "Well, at least give me a nice life stone." <laughs> a real early one I and, got too was the one that makes it to where they ask their friends to join. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, early on, you know, I would get two and three demons per battle for a while. I mean, later on it got more <laughs> difficult, but in the beginning it was yeah. really great for building up a good stock. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would always, uh, at least what I poured my app points into, was the things that let me uh, fuse higher levels. So right now I can do, like, six higher than, uh, than my player character's level, which kind of helps out, because now my, my team of demons around me are all, you know, five, six levels higher than my, my player character. Yeah, that was, that's always been the one thing that I've disliked about the Shimmer Garden Tensei games, where you can't fuse above your level. Yeah. Well, if you use the app points, and yes... Yes, you can. Now they've actually done something about that, but they took them this many years to do something about that. Yeah. I think it speaks a lot to the uh, the numerous play styles that the game allows you to have. Like you can be, uh, you can focus on your demons, and then you can be a mostly support character. Or in my case, what I did was I made sure my demons had a lot of support abilities, a lot of elemental abilities, and a lot of health. And what I did was I basically built my magic to be about 350 by yeah. the end of the game. And I used my main character to basically clean house while my other demons would support me and basically protect me. Yeah, especially because you can get the, with the demon whispers, you can get the boosts to your abilities. So like if you have, you know, like a, you know, an electric attack, um, and then you have, the, you know, level up a demon and they can do the demon whisper ability where they give you abilities. If they have that same electric attack, then, you know, you get a plus one, and I think, I know I've seen it go as high as, like, plus six or seven. I got it up to eight, I want to say, and I, I ended up replacing it, yeah. but I think... it stops at eight. Does it? Yep. Well, I have a question that I didn't figure out through the course of the game um, with the app points. I got the app that lets skills mutate. I never got that. I was always curious about what that even does. What does that do? Um, so that's actually in all, a bunch of the other games, too. You know how on some of your, like, your demons, when they level up, instead of gaining an ability or a power, they'll, they'll be like, well, I kind of want to change this one into this one, right. can I? Right, 
it's that. Oh well, see, oh, I felt okay. I felt like it had that before I got that that app. So I don't, maybe I I just didn't notice it. I guess maybe I'm it does sure. it more often. Yeah, that might be it because it, it did by the end of the game. It was happening a lot, and I was like, no, you can't. That's a dumb skill. Stop it. Quit <laughs> doing that. Although the oh yeah, I didn't I I didn't notice that. Like your player character doesn't have abilities that mutate. Like the game never comes up and says like, well, this dia that your pixie taught you. Uh, wants to become Diorama now. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, as far as the difficulty goes, I know, I think Justin and I, were, yeah. we both <laughs> rocked the easy track. Immediately. Because we're little bitches. <laughs> um, and Alex and Patrick, I kind of assume you got, I know Alex for a fact that you went on normal, and Patrick, I assume since you're a veteran of the series, you also played on normal. Oh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the difficulty, and that, it's just quickly, I wanted to say that the difficulty in this game is from someone who played on normal almost exclusively for the entire 40 hours. A lot of the difficulty is really front-loaded. Like, after yeah. you beat that Minotaur boss, who's about level 15, it gets a lot easier from yeah, there. Yeah, it's like that run where it's a, the, the Minotaur and Medusa. I feel like after yeah. that, it kind of leveled out. Especially because then once you get to Tokyo, you have more options to get relics. And then I like I, I had stupid amounts of Mako where I would just... I would just, you know, summon back demons for, for shits and giggles mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, I got like 30,000 Maka right now. I may as well use it. Yeah, it's it's definitely not like Pokemon easy, yeah. but I would definitely place it in probably the Persona area on normal, for me at least. This game was significantly easier than other, than like predecessors. and I th- Yeah, I know no- Nocturne was hard as balls. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that that was a step taken to um, sort of, like, like all of the things that were already discussed about, like, how this game, you know, works so well on 3DS. Um, I feel like that's another sort of making it work on a portable system well and to include a new audience, especially now that they're pushing for the Fire Emblem audience as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a smart move to make it kind of toned, a little, or at least tuned a little easier. Although, I think with that in mind, I think it would have been nicer if they had the uh, the ability to play on expert, like at the start of the game. Because I, yep. I feel like having that be a reward at the end of playing it on normal, if you are a person who's a veteran of the series, it's kind of like, you're pro- if, if you were a big fan of Nocturne, you probably want another really challenging, hard experience. And then you have to play through this game on the slightly easier than Nocturne experience to get to the experience that's probably more like Nocturne. Yeah, I've put four hours into Expert. Um, that includes grinding, so I haven't even gotten to the aforementioned part with, like, the gun. Yeah. Like, because I'm just going around and I'm like, well, yeah, this is what I wish I had been playing all along. I kind of <laughs> wish that Expert... You know, it's like um, Persona 4 Golden, I think, had five or six difficulty modes. Where it was like beginner, easy, normal, hard, expert, and then I think there may have been one above expert. (laughs) And, um, like, expert is like, there's no mercy. Like, everything will kill you. Um, I wish that there was, that there were more tiered options than just you start the game, and then if you die a few times, the game offers you an easy mode, and then you have to beat the game for any more options. Um, so we are closing in on the end of this segment. Um, I guess before we go, I know, uh, well, Patrick, I have not read your review, but Alex, I looked over 
yours, and I also edited Justin's, so I have a familiarity with both of yours, and you both kind of mentioned, at least to a certain degree, about how there were pacing issues in the game. I guess for people that would be going to play this game for the first time, is there any kind of advice that you can give that can be like, hey, uh, to kind of avoid these pacing issues, if you can, do this? Pay really close attention, and don't feel bad about opening like a notepad file and taking a few notes to make sure yes. you got the story in check. You could even theoretically use the 3DS notepad function uh, if yeah. you would be so good. I had to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it's a story you need to keep track of. There's a lot of things going on, and it doesn't answer a lot of questions until at least the halfway mark. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of points where, like, I'm at a point right now where uh, I'm in Shibuya, and it's like I need to go to Club Milton mm, or something, yeah. if you guys remember yep. that at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point where uh, I actually went and, and found a map online, uh, well, because I was at work. I think it's still covered in the strategy guide, but I wanted to know where to go next. And it was just like, this one thing off to the corner that I totally missed, and I was like going around the area for like a half an hour, and I couldn't really find anyone to talk to to give me more clarification about where I should go. They were just like, you need to go to this place. I'm like, well, I don't know where that is. Yeah, for me, the the pacing issues were mostly a product of vague quest objectives and not... Yeah. A, I mean, it, it's like, it wouldn't have been as much of a problem if I knew where to go, you know. But, I mean, there is a, a, a mid-story lull, but I wasn't as upset with it as Alex was. It didn't bother me as much, and I think a lot of it is because, Neil, when I was talking to you about the game, you said it best. You said, for you, the story is just window dressing on a really great combat system. Yeah, and, you know, fun exploration yeah. and yeah, and demon-fusing and negotiation and everything. For me, personally, the story kind of did play second fiddle. It was cool, I was interested to see what happened next, but it was not the main event as far as I was concerned. But that's just how I played the game. Yeah, I think here. the thing that bothered me about it, and I gave it an 8.5 in my review like you yeah, just as did. It's I. a great game. Yeah. Um, I think my problem with it is because we're not going to go into this too deep, but because the moral system and the moral choices you make, uh, at especially after the halfway point in the game, are so heavy, it bothered me that it didn't do a great job of pacing the story out to me if I'm going to be deciding what is ultimately the fate of humanity. Yeah, I mean, and I know that uh, I know a little bit about what comes after this um, and a lot of like what the characters have to play into everything, and... I feel like they're, they're almost there to kind of building up the cast of characters around you to a point where when you get to those decisions, which I'm starting to get to, mm-hmm. that they become like, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm not quite there yet, but I feel like it's not as poignant because these characters are all just kind of shit happening in the background. So I definitely, I definitely agree with your kind of complaints about the story, Alex, and that, you know, you are deciding the fate of the universe and there are a lot of choices that, you know, I don't know how much the ones in the earlier on in the game affect the ending, but there are a lot of different choices that if you don't give a shit about the characters, they don't really mean that much. And I'm at a point where it's just like, you know, the characters, you know, that you have the, the three that are, you know, basically always in your party for a big chunk of the game and all they are is like, okay, now I got Jonathan fighting with me for this one. He'll do something at the end of my turn. <laughs> I mean, the, the the writing early on is funny, but then after a certain point, like, they, they don't do shit for hours. And then, like, to the point where one of them popped up in a conversation that I was in recently, I was like, oh, you're still there. <laughs> See, it's uh, you're at a very specific point in the game. 
you're right before things start getting extremely heavy and you have to make your first of two really big moral choices, I think your tune on it is going to change just a bit when you get to that point. We might, we might follow that up. Yeah, I, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, um, as I, cause I, now I just want to play more of this game, but I've, I've got to go see Pacific Rim right now. Um, so we are going to wrap this up. I guess let's go around and start with our special guest. Uh, final thoughts, Patrick. Um, well, I was a little bit more generous than them. I actually gave it a nine. Um, I feel like it's great if you're looking for a big summer game. This is it. It's the only thing really coming to North American Nintendo systems in July, unless you want the Turbo games. Or hey, Shantae on 3DS Virtual Console comes out next week. Oh, that's true. I'm legitimately excited for that. Yeah. This is the only new game. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the only retail game. That, yeah, that coming works. out for a Nintendo system this month because we don't get Pikmin three and we don't get Mario and Luigi until August. We we're still getting them. It's just a little later. It's it's so everyone can play Mega Ten Four. And you know what? Europe ain't getting Mega Ten Four, so screw it. And we lost every European listener <laughs> now. Don just threw his podcast thing down. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. Actually, it's coming out q3 i think nintendo <laughs> is publishing it in europe uh, okay cool no i i love it if you are an smt fan i'm you don't even need to be listening to anything you already have it pre-ordered yeah. probably <laughs> if you like if basically if you like japanese rpgs and turn-based battles buy this fucking game oh yeah no it, it's it's wonderful and then if you fit if you finish it and don't want to go back on a harder difficulty but want more than Devil Survivor games. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been trying to get a low price on Persona 4 Golden on eBay all week, but I've not been successful. I don't want to pay a lot of money because I feel like it'll either be free on PS Plus or like ten dollars on PSN. It's like thirty on PSN, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to get it like around twenty. I can. Yeah, I'll talk to you right after this. I'll just send you a link. I think I know what can help. Okay. Cool. All right. Um. I guess, uh, Alex, any final thoughts on Shin Megami Tensei 4? Yeah, uh, I know that since the 3DS is two years old, or more than that, I guess, by now, that there has been Devil Survivor, there has been Etrian Odyssey, but if you're a real purist in the genre, I think we can all agree that without a doubt, uh, notwithstanding Bravely Default, this is the first real, really excellent traditional JRPG on the system. Like, without any questions, without any discussion, that is made specifically for 3DS. Because that's the thing, I mean, the two examples that you brought up, Devil Survivor and uh, Etrian Odyssey 4, were all traditionally portable RPGs. At least as far right. as I know. I, think, I know that, well, Devil Survivor, I think the DS one was the first in that kind of spin-off chain. Clocked is a remake of the DS game. Okay, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, this well, This is a sequel to, ostensibly, a PS2 game. And, I mean, there was Strange Journey on DS, which was kind of like a like a half-step to the next uh, Shin Megami Tensei game. Yeah. Um, and there's some references to that in this one, yeah. from what I've noticed, that w- that was the design of the Black Sand. I believe that was supposed to be Megaton 4, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I think they have the rule of that it needs to place t- take place in Tokyo. Right. <laughs> that one, like, took place in Antarctica or something. And see, not only is it the sequel to a PS2 RPG, but it also plays like one. Yeah. Um, I know, Justin, you made the comment last week about how it's like that PS1 RPG that you never played. Yeah, it's the it's the best PS2 RPG I never got a chance to play. 
Yep. So. Um, and Justin, do you have anything final to say um, about the game? If you own a 3DS and you are someone like me who's always kind of been on the fringes of hardcore JRPGs and you wanted somewhere to jump on, this is it. Do it. Go buy the game. Yeah. It's if you have yeah. if you have any interest in that kind of thing, pick it up. Um, just make sure you got a map handy because I certainly um, needed one for most of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's a slightly casual JRPG that introduces you into the world of hardcore. Right. RPGs. Like after this, I'm ready for the next big Mega Ten game that's probably going to be hardcore and awesome. Like it, 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 it's a great introduction for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo a lot of your thoughts. Is that I've been kind of on the fringes outside of playing Persona 3 um, and uh, played Soul Hackers, and I've always kind of had an interest in the series, and this was the first one that the kind of, I guess, easier nature of some mechanics of it, like uh, more friendly, maybe, right. really turned me on to this game. And because of this game, I feel like I am more apt to go back and play the ones that might be a little more harder to get into because i have that baseline experience more definitely i'm about to go back and check out strange journey myself which has been on my shelf for forever and i started it a while back and i was like this is a little too little too much yeah. for me and i had to put it down so i think this has has um prepped me for for the other entries in the series find it so much easier to get into now that you've had that first experience it really is just trying to get in to it in the first I mean really I mean Justin the first time you smoke pot <laughs> it's really tough and then after that it's just easy yeah. to go and do after all After that you can't quit. I mean come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean then you go to the the cocaine that is Persona 4 and the the heroin that is Nocturne and It's just a downhill oh, yeah. slope is what it is. Yep. Or and then demons take over the world right. and we're all screwed. So I come here as a guest, and 48 minutes later, I'm accused of being a druggie. Yep. Well, we all... Well, no, you're the drug dealer, because you're peddling. You're like, yo, man, you want some of that Devil Survivor shit? Yeah, you're like, oh, you like SMT4? Check out this shit. This is the good yeah. stuff. <laughs> this will fuck you up good. <laughs> all right. Well, that does it for the segment on Shimigami Tensei IV. Uh, maybe when some other staff members play it, we might be talking about this game again, because I... Uh, I really enjoy talking about this game, and I want more people to play it. So I have a venue, and that is called this podcast. So we might continue the discussion. We might not. Let us know in uh, in the comments if you enjoyed this discussion and would like to hear more. Um, I guess, uh, Patrick, where can we find you? Oh, dear. Um, so I'm freelance. i just everywhere and not except not Nintendo World Report. That I should maybe revenue <laughs> that at some point. Um, but... And if you are in Madison, Wisconsin, if you buy the local paper, sometimes you'll see my video game coverage. <laughs> um, if you actually just want to hit me up about anything, though, Twitter is the best place. Um, at S-Y-C-O-R-A-X-I-C-9-8. Uh, don't even... Just rewind that if you want to write that down. <laughs> uh, but the... Now, in reality, just hit me up anytime. I will answer any question about this, any other JRPG, or I, I can actually just play everything. So if you have any questions. All right. Um, and I guess uh, Alex and Justin, thank you for joining me on this Mega Ten journey. And Patrick, thank you as well. Um, and that is this segment. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.
Alright, that will do it for episode 93 of Connectivity. As always, you can send us your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. If you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be great. And you should follow all of us on Twitter. Go to nintendoworldreport.com, look for the Twitter sidebar on the right-hand side of the page, and you'll find all of our user handles there. We will see you next week.